0: Welcome back to the Art of Photography. My name is Ted Forbes. Today, we're going to get back into some process stuff, and we're gonna talk about a process known as stand development. This has been something that has been a request for quite some time, and I've talked about it. It's been a long time, but I've never really done a dedicated episode on it. Stand development is a darkroom process for developing black and white film. Now, typically, when you develop film, you were dealing with a developer and then a stop bath and a fixer, and when you use the developer and you're actually developing the emulsion that's on the film that's been exposed to light, light, we use a process called agitation. And agitation simply means that once every minute for about 10 seconds, we slowly rotate the bottle to allow the developer that's right up next to the film to replenish a new developer to take over and keep the development very active and keep it going. Now, stand development on the other hand is a technique where we don't do any agitation at all or very little as the case may be depending on what you like to do with it. And so I thought I would talk about stand development a little bit and talk about the process, look at some images, look at the characteristics of it. And I will admit right now, this is kind of a hard process to teach because everybody does this a little bit differently. And I'll talk about that at the end of the show a little bit too. So I think the best thing to do right now is let's go look at some images and I'm gonna talk through the process of stand development. I have a set of images that I want to use for our examples, and we'll go through these. These were all photographs that I made using stand development to process the film, and I want to talk about some of the characteristics um, are. when you do a stand development. I want to talk about some of the things you can expect to see. Um, stand development is a seemingly very simple and easy process, and it's also interesting how many problems can arise. But I think if you understand what the characteristics are, this makes more sense when you're trying to fix errors in stand development. We'll get into that in a second. So. Um, i'm going to go ahead and start with this image of this church here and this was a night image that was done uh, a couple years ago and one of the first things that you're going to notice when you do stand development is you're going to notice a perceived increase in sharpness and if you consider what sharpness is um, in detail areas textures things of that nature you're going to see, it's going to be perceived as being more sharp the more contrast you have between darks and lights in the small areas. So if I zoom way in and we look at any of the textures in here in the brick, for instance, um, you're going to see a lot of little tiny details where you have little tiny, Um, increased contrast, basically, between light and medium dark areas in here. Um, Anywhere there's brick in here, you're gonna notice that. And so your eye will perceive that as sharpness, and that's one of the nice features of doing a stand development, is you do have that increase. Another characteristic that you're going to notice in here is an effect that we call grain masking. And basically this works really well on slower speed films. Uh, the speed I, I used on this, actually the film I used was Fuji Acros, which is a 100 speed film. So anything 100 or lower is going to be great for this stuff. Um, if you, you you can also do it with, you know, AFCA 25. If you can find it, you can use T-Max 100. You can use Ilford Pan F, FP4, any of these kinds of films. You will have that grain masking effect. Really what this is, is the lack of agitation. And so it really keeps everything smooth on the image. And so it's a really beautiful effect. That you get out of that. Um, the other thing I want to show you too is if we zoom in, particularly here on these columns. Now we have a light coming up from the ground and it's reflecting off of the, the tops of the columns here, and these are painted white. These aren't actually lights, they were reflecting off of the, the lower part here, this light coming up. But what we've done here is this has gone to almost appear white here. And you're going to notice that it almost glows and it actually kind of is glowing. So if we look at the areas adjacent to those bright whites, you're going to notice that it fogged over onto the other part of the film here and it creates what we call a halo effect. And you're going to get this in stand development. It's more pronounced um, with higher speed films than it is on lower speed films, but obviously this is a lower speed film and we still see it. Um, so you're going to have it. Now, depending on what the image is, um, it may or may not be something that you like if you You've got a lot of details in an image that are very high contrast it could start to halo into those so it's all going to depend on your personal taste and what works best and note that it is more pronounced on higher speed films so especially if you're using something like tri-x which is a 400 speed film and you're pushing it to 1600 or 3200 depending on what the image is you could have very pronounced haloing effect But you know, you need to remember that you can do anything and if you like the end result, then that's fine. And so if you want to push Tri-X in a stand development, you're certainly welcome to do so. We'll talk a little bit about that in a second because I did that yesterday when i prepared the film for this for the show um but it may not be the best solution depending on the image there may be a better way to push uh, more conventional way to push um, triax if you want to get that without that haloing effect so anyway these are some of the things that we just see in a stand development you do get very beautiful images um, what's really nice particularly with night images they they provide an interesting challenge because of the high contrast between areas that are lit, particularly artificially, like lights on the building, and then shadow areas or darker areas. And so when you're doing a stand development, the film actually sits in the developer, and the developer that's sitting up next to the film, you're not agitating, so it never gets refreshed. And so what happens is, it goes to work on the highlights probably the fastest because they're the, the most sensitized area of the exposure. And that f- the developer that's sitting next to those highlights will exhaust. And so it's a really good way of blocking the highlights while the shadows continue to develop and come up. So the longer you do the stand, theoretically, if you're not exhausting the developer, you could bring out more shadow detail. Um, this also works when you control your exposure and push and pull. And we'll look at that in a second as well. So really what I want to do here is I did a test roll yesterday because there are a lot of things you can do with a stand development. It's kind of a hard thing to teach because really everybody has their own way of doing this. And so I wanted to try a couple different things yesterday when I did my test roll. And so, first of all, I didn't actually have any 100 speed, and so I went ahead and just used Tri-X. And the other interesting thing about stand development, because it just works differently, the way those highlights exhaust and the way the developer works on the film, um, you know, theoretically, and I've just really never done much of it, but theoretically, it doesn't really matter what your exposure is necessarily. You can overexpose, which means you could push or pull exposure on the same roll of film. I find that very interesting. I've never really done it, so I wanted to test that, see what those results were and the other cool thing is you could put um, different films in the same developer and Ilford 50 will develop in an hour and so we'll try x400 so you can mix and match films in the developing tank so the ability to mix and match films was interesting but particularly the the ability to switch exposures on the roll and so I did test that and we'll look at those images in a second but I want to show you how I did my stand development so what you want to do is probably use a developer that's kind of tried and true for this stuff. I've always used Rodnall, um, which is no longer made by Agfa, but it is produced by Adox, and there are a couple other companies that have Rodnol as well. And I'll put links in the show notes if you want to buy some. And There are other developers that will work for this too. What I would do is do some research and find out what other people have had good luck with. Um, I wouldn't do it with Xtol or D76 necessarily. It doesn't mean you can't. I just don't know what the... Re- I wouldn't expect my results to be as predictable but another one that people have had really good luck with is PyroCat HD, which is a very interesting developer and you can get that from photographers formulary. So I'm using Rodinol for this and what you want to do is use a very high dilution. And so what that means is really we're gonna go an hour for this and so you don't want a lot of developer in there because it'll mulch the image pretty quick. Uh, It's a very slow process, so you want very little developer actually in the solution. So what I do is I go for a dilution of one to 100 and what that means is it means one part developer for every 100 parts of water. It's really easy math to do, you can do it in your head and I'm gonna make enough to put in this tank. So what I'm gonna do is use 500 milliliters of water, which means I only need five milliliters of developer. So I have a separate measuring uh, syringe here that I'm gonna use for that. So I'm gonna go ahead and I already have 500 milliliters of water set and so I'm going to pull five milliliters of of, uh, Rodinol and basically just go ahead and mix that in there and that is the dilution that we're gonna use. Now you can try different dilutions Um, You can use less, you can use more. The one thing I would make sure that you do, and actually Agfa used to talk about this quite a bit in their their notes for Rodinol, but you want to make sure that if you're doing a stand development, you have enough developer in there. So don't go below five. They used to recommend don't go below 10 milliliters. I would not go below five. I found five works fine. I wouldn't put one milliliter in there ever. Um, Just make more, and then you're only going to use a little bit of it anyway. And so it's really not like wasting anything or use it to develop more film. Um, so, you could use, you know, 10 milliliters of um, of developer and 100, or sorry, 1,000 milliliters of water and then just use what you need. So, anyway, that can be, if you're having problems, um, you know, that's another thing that you can try. Uh, but I found that five milliliters works fine. So, that we're going to go ahead and use that. So, basically, what I did was. Ex- i start out with what looks like a very standard development process i go ahead and i cool my chemicals down to 20 degrees celsius and i do a pre-rinse which basically means i put some water in the tank and i let that go for about five minutes and what that does is it washes um, the layer that prevents halation on the film it washes that off the film and it also gets the film wet and closer to the temperature that i'm going to be using during the stand which is that 20 degrees celsius So at that point, what I do is when my chemicals are cooled, I go ahead and I pour in the developer. And what I do is I go ahead and agitate a little bit in the beginning, the first three or four minutes. Um, I like to, for the first 30 seconds, I always agitate and I always tap to make sure there's no air bubbles that are trapped in there because they will affect how the film gets developed. And uh, what I do is I kind of let this sit and for the first three or four minutes, every minute I agitate for 10 seconds. And once I've hit about four minutes, then we're ready to start the stand and literally I start my timer and I let that thing sit for an hour and I'll go do other things and kind of watch the clock when I get about 10 minutes out actually probably a little longer than that about 15 or 20 minutes out I'll go ahead and take my fixer and I'll cool that down I want to note also that I am using uh, photographers formulary TF5 with this and the T there's two of them there's TF4 TF5 they are both very interesting fixers they are alkaline fixers and so then you don't want to use a stop bath with them it's not necessary they're going to go ahead and stop it anyway Um, what you do in this process when your film is actually complete is you will rinse in water for 30 seconds and then you go ahead and move to the fixer both of these fixers were developed If you've ever shot the T Max films, and TriX has this problem to an extent too with the purple stain that's on the film, uh, and you want to get that stain off, they were developed to fix to get that stain. So um, TF4 works great. Um, I'm not sure I've seen a big difference in the two. You can also use them to fix prints, and you can also recycle it. And so it will, you know, you can replenish and reuse it. I don't know if you can replenish it, but you can reuse it until it all is exhausted before you discard. So that's one reason I really like it. Plus, it gets me away from a stop bath, so my entire process is two steps. It's developer, a little bit of water, and then your second step would be the, the fixer at that point. You could use an LFN, a couple drops of that at the end to um, lower the density of the, the water. So basically it won't dry and, and create water streaks and drops on your film when you're done. So anyway, that's basically my process. And uh, after an hour, I go back, I go ahead and fix it normally. Um, this was Max, sorry, this was Tri-X film, not T Max, So I put it in the fixer for about four minutes and then I rinsed for five minutes and then hung to dry and you can see that when I'm hanging these in the shower here um, we've already have some pretty dense looking negatives and this is kind of normal for stand development Um, they are still very scannable and very printable and it works just fine Um, so that is my process for stand development so if we go ahead, I went ahead and scanned those images, and if we come back over to Bridge here, these were after they dried, um, I went ahead and scanned these. Now, they look pretty flat, and the reason is is because I did not apply any levels or curves adjustments to any of these images, because remember, I shot these at different speeds, because I wanted to look at what over and under exposure did to the images. Um, and we'll talk about that in a second. So I didn't want to do any levels or anything on the scanning, so I literally just scanned the negative, turned it into a positive, and I brought these into Bridge, and. I actually saved them as Photoshop files. So method to my madness here, what I did is I used Tri-X 400 and just the, to test that whole idea of, you know, can you mix and match box speeds? So what I did is I shot these all at different exposures. So for each image, I did one at the correct exposure. There are three different scenes that I shot here. One is at the correct exposure, then I did one that was underexposed and then I overexposed one stop and then I overexposed two stops because I wanted to see what happened here. And you're going to note that on each one of these, you know, you do see a stop difference slightly between the exposures. It's not very pronounced, mostly pronounced in the, you know, mid to high range. So what's coming close to highlights are going to be more pronounced and you also see a little bit in the shadows that comes out. It's definitely not as pronounced as standard development where you are changing the exposure where everything really is going to be a stopover and you start to blow highlights or lose shadows at a certain point but it's really interesting to me to see that effect now what this tells me is yeah this is something I would actually do again I've never done it before Um, but I would do it for an effect because you're going to notice that for the most part on these images, with a few exceptions, the two-stop starts to push it, but you really don't blow the highlights as fast as you would with a standard development. So this would be a wonderful technique if you were shooting uh, somebody who may be backlit, Uh, maybe your subject is backlit, or maybe you have details in a high contrast scene with a tree or something, or even a night scene where you want to bring those shadow details up a little more, you could go ahead and overexpose it, maybe a stop, maybe two stops, to rescue those highlight areas it it, it's it's similar to what you would do in a standard development uh but really the differences aren't as extreme but i do see those those shadows coming up in these images so i think that is pretty interesting so that was my test uh even the underexposed really didn't do that much difference and they do protect the highlights a little more. Now, I wanna talk about some of the problems that you can run into when de- when using stand development and how you go about rectifying those. And so one of the things I don't, you may have noticed on this particular set of images already is that I am having actually a little bit of a gradient density shift and it's happening. Uh, you can see it really pronounced on some of these. Um, let me open this up so we'll zoom in. You see it very much pronounced on the right hand side of this image where it's almost going to white over here. Um, happens on the edge edges of the film quite a bit in fact I've got a better example here that I can show you if we go back over here uh, it's one of these images that I pulled for our examples um, yeah because it a dark background so you can see it very pronounced here over on the right-hand side of the film you see that white that's it's a gradient but it's a density shift and then actually on the left-hand side of the film it goes to dark so this is a problem that can occur when you're using stand development actually if you if it's really noticeable if you just glance at the thumbnails pretty much all these have that brighter side over on the right-hand side So that's one problem you can have. Another problem that is related to this is what we refer to as bromide drag. And so bromide drag is this. Let's go back over here real quick. Uh, Bromide drag, I didn't have any examples, so I just did a Google image search. But see how this image, you have these streaks coming down from the top. That's what we call bromide drag. It has to do with the bromide that's in the developer solution, and it's basically an inconsistency of the mixture. Sometimes if you have sprocket holes, like in 35 millimeter film, you'll see these, you know, the light coming from there. It looks like a ghosted image of the sprocket hole over the film. You don't want that. Um, Basically, that is a result of the lack of agitation, where you're not keeping your chemical mixed. And also, somebody brought to my attention the other day, I was having a conversation via email with somebody who said that actually it can be controlled with temperature as well. And so what's happening is if you get your developer down to 20 degrees Celsius, over the course of an hour it's going to get warmer it's just a long time and so it's going to rise and so that inconsistency of temperature is one thing so there's two ways you can you can solve this if that's a problem you're getting with your film what i like to do is just do an agitation in the middle and i know this turns it into a semi stand at this point but so when i'm developing my film the first 5 minutes are normal agitation then i let it sit after 30 minutes i'll come in and i'll give it one slow spin and that just that just helps mix the developer a little bit uh it up against the film um, but anyway this individual that I was emailing with said that he's found it actually is better if you can control your temperature and his solution for that I thought this was very cool I haven't tried it yet was just get a styrofoam cooler like one you take to the beach and you know, put a bath in there that is 20 degrees. Once you put the lid on there and put your film inside, is you know, it'll keep for an hour within a degree or two. So that's one one way you could solve this too. And they were actually suggesting that this is a better way than actually doing that agitation in the middle. And so those are some of the ways you can get around some of these problems if you're having trouble with a stand development. But anyway, that's really all there's to it. And you know, depending on the effect that you want, I have a real specific look that I like to pull out of this. Uh, generally for night images or even like. The still life of this flower, just something that's clean and sharp, um, very low grain. If I want that effect, stand development is what I go to to get that. If you guys are interested in learning more about black and white film development, I'm gonna give a shout out to our sponsor today who happen to be the awesome folks over at lynda.com. If you're not familiar with lynda.com, they offer, I believe, one of the best, the most high quality, the most comprehensive video training libraries that you're gonna find anywhere on the internet. And basically for a monthly fee, you get access to everything. That's every tutorial, every course they offer, the whole shebang. And they have two courses on darkroom techniques. They have one on setting up home darkroom and they have a second on black and white printing techniques these are both excellent and actually Linda have a deal right now for Art of Photography viewers where you can get 10 days of unlimited access absolutely free all you need to do is go to the following link you want to go to lynda.com slash AOP that is linda with a Y dot com slash AOP start your free trial you can get 10 days of unlimited access that's plenty of time to go through both of these tutorials and both of these courses and see if they work for you and I really do like Linda.com. I've been a subscriber of theirs for years and they have a wonderful, wonderful thing going on over there. So go check it out for yourself. Once again, that URL is lynda.com slash AOP. And I want to give an extra special shout out and thanks to the folks at lynda.com for once again, sponsoring another episode of the art of photography. I hope you guys have found this useful. And I went ahead and put together a playlist of all the videos that I've done on film development. So this includes standard black and white development that we did a long time ago, color C41, the monobath stuff we talked about a couple weeks ago, and then also today with stand development. So if you click on the info button at the top of the screen, that'll take you there and you can check out the other videos on stuff we've done as well. And I am not done with these topics and if you guys have any questions on here, I'm happy to revisit these from time to time. And I would really like to know, from especially from those of you who have done stand development before, what is it that you're doing with it? What is different? What's working for you? What, what are you going for as far as the look goes? Because stand development is really different with different photographers and what I've shared with you today is really my process and what I look to get out of it and why I I like to use it but i'd like to hear from you if you have experience with that as well as always folks remember to hit the like button and share this video with all of your friends and as always subscribe to the art of photography so you'll be always up to date with the latest and greatest videos plus you really help out the channel we are getting near 100,000 subscribers now and uh, it's really exciting and really cool so if you haven't subscribed please do and once again i will see you guys in the next video until then later